Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Indeed, indeed. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is in studio with us once again, as he always is. Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. And good morning right back at you, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You're always doing good. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, well, it's January, and I haven't messed up too many of my resolutions yet. But <laughs> Do you have some? One or two. I'm not sharing, though. Sorry. Okay, well, that's good. You can Maybe share yours if you want. Not to share your resolutions, right? <laughs> there you go. Could very well be. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to welcome, continue to welcome our longtime listeners for another year here on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area, as well as our listeners, Sirius XM, Coast to Coast, Border to Border, on Family Talk, Channel 131. It is open mic Saturday, which means no questions barred at all. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123 with any of your investment questions, questions on taxes, mortgages, insurance, estate planning, the new Secure Act 2.0, which we'll be talking about more today as well. We didn't finish it up last week. Your 401K, the Federal Reserve, the inflation report we had on Thursday. We'll break that down and unpack that and take that down the street and around the corner and see what's <laughs> going on with all that stuff, Chris. we got so much to talk about today. There's uh, always a lot to talk about in the industry. But, again, it's Open Mic Saturday. Feel free to give us a call at any time, 855-ROSE-123. Well, this past week the markets pushed up. They nudged up. They actually did what we call this is a perfect classic sign of climbing the wall of worry. Climbing the wall of worry, right? Take a look at the 10-year bond number. It's dropped. It's dropped a lot from 4.2 at its peak earlier, or not earlier this past year, but but, uh, middle of last year or so. It reached a little bit over 4%. Now it's hovering under 3.5%, and that's a good indication that 
really the bond market really feels the Fed is very close to stopping its rate hiking cycle. There's an 82% chance right now on Fed fund futures that on the February 1st announcement of the next rate hike, the Fed's going to raise the rates 25 basis points. Then maybe March 4th when they meet again, they may jump it up another 25 and then maybe a pause. And again, this is what the markets are doing. They're climbing that wall of worry. Their markets are starting to sniff this out and saying, hey, we're going to get clarity of direction here pretty soon. And the markets are starting to climb back. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to still continue to have volatility in place. By any means, we're not out of the woods yet at all. You know, next week, we get earnings that are starting to come out for the fourth quarter. It's estimated that earnings are going to be a little over 4% under what happened last in 2021 as far as earnings go. So right now, first quarter of uh, 2023, January, February, March, we're comparing first quarter of 2022, okay? Uh, so, so, so we're, it, it, you know, it, it, these are the, I'm sorry, I miss, I said that all wrong, right? Uh-oh. What we're doing right now, first quarter 2020, uh, Three, we're getting the, the fourth quarter reporting numbers for 2022. Uh, for, for 2022, which will be compared against fourth quarter 2021. This will close out the year here in a couple of months, basically. And it does look like earnings are positive, but they're going to be below the, fiscal, the calendar year of 2021, which puts us into what's called an earnings recession. When you take a look at, at, at earnings year over year, if it's lower than the prior year, that's deemed an earnings recession. But, yes, yeah, still positive growth, okay? Uh, but the big thing is, though, what we have converging, though, is we have estimated earnings for 2023 higher. We also have the Fed getting ready to pause in a few months on its interest rates. We have strong unemployment, strong consumer um, and, and the stock market is perfectly priced, sitting right on the 25-year P.E. average. So a lot of good positive news coming out of all of this. Now, the Fed chair did say that they are still committed to bringing down inflation, and so far, it's been happening. We peaked in June of 2022 at 9.1%. Thursday's reading was at 6.5, actually 6.48, but they rounded up to 6.5, so 6.5%. It's come down quite a bit, which is very good news. We've knocked a third off of it, and it's projected to still continue to, to slide down. As we continue to see the inflation numbers continue to peel back or slide down or soften, however you want to phrase it, okay, the markets are going to continue to climb that wall of worry. And what I mean by that wall of worry is it's never perfect when you're coming out of a, a, of a market decline like this. The market starts to see those green shoots, the light at the end of the tunnel, and starts Money starts coming back in. Things start start uh, rebounding. So, uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll wait and we'll see how it plays out. But um, uh, things are looking much more optimistic today as we sit here than they were just even a couple of months ago. So that's kind of the breakdown of where things are. Uh, we're starting to see yields in the bond market re- decline, okay, which, which by the way, uh, if you take a look at the short end of the yield curve, you know what I mean by that, you have – you know, you have a, a, a one-month Treasury bill, you have a three-month, a six-month, a one-year, a two-year, and all the way out to 30 years, right? Looking at that short end of the curve, a six-month Treasury bill the other day, you could purchase that at about 4.8%. And you compare that with a bank CD at about 2 2.5%, even maybe 3, three okay? 
for a year. So here you can get a, a, a backed by the U.S. government, a six-month Treasury bill versus a bank CD at about half that rate. Okay, So we've been seeing a lot of activity in, the, in, in that marketplace, people buying a lot of Treasuries, just taking some of the excess savings that they may have in the bank and ratcheting up their, their short-term emergency money for, when, when it comes to that. So some good opportunities there. Hey, I see it's about uh, a few minutes after the hour here. We're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines. But before we do that, before we do that, you know, last week we had a lot of people sign up for our webinar. We, we're we're having cool. a, a webinar this coming Thursday, January 17th. I'm sorry, January 19th. Uh, both times are Eastern, 12 to 1 p.m. and then 6 to 7 p.m. It's the same material. And I'm going to be going over the SECURE Act. You know, uh, President Biden signed into law the SECURE Act 2.0 on December 28th. and I'm sorry, December 29th, right before the end of the year. And it has nine substantial changes to retirement plans and college funding, along with some other, uh, another, a uh, couple other little things involved in that. We're going to be breaking this down. It's going to definitely impact. It already has made some changes in your required minimum distribution. Last week, we, we sort of went through a, a handful of this stuff. Today, I'm going to finish it up because we didn't quite get through it all last week. There's so much involved with it here. But we're going to be doing a webinar coming up this coming Thursday, January 19th, from one from 12 to 1, and then again, the same material from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for it. Just go click on the webinar button and sign up right there. It's free. It's going to be an hour, okay? You'll have time to answer. You'll have an opportunity to, to ask questions live during the webinar. We'll have people from all over the country signed up for this, and it's, it's a lot of fun. We do these every month. And, and or just about uh, every month. And what we're going to do this time, something special, we're going to do a, a market commentary, an economic update, probably for about the first 10, 11 minutes uh, of the webinar. And then we're going to jump right into the Secure Act 2.0. We're going to talk about how exciting the government seems to be about Roth IRAs, more ways to funnel money into Roth IRAs so you get some tax diversification in your retirement. Really, the government's excited about getting some money, I think, I guess. Yeah, well, you know what? We're going to talk about that. There's a, there's a little tax increase hidden in this uh-huh. for high-income earners, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that this morning, Chris, when we come back on the other side of the break here All real right. quick. But give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 855- 767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. 
CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, Larry's got some phone lines here available for you. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123 to talk to that guy, our, our guy in studio, our financial planner, Larry Rosenthal. Good morning. You know, Chris, when you point, they can't see you on the radio. No, they can't, but they can on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. You're over on that side. That's okay. Good. <laughs> but on YouTube, they can, right? Yeah, so you they check can. us out this morning uh, live. You can see how we broadcast the show from different locations now uh, uh, on TV on YouTube. Don't forget to uh, sign up and subscribe and hit that ding bell. That way uh, you'll get uh, get notifications when we push some stuff out on YouTube there. Yep. So, hey, I want to jump back into the SECURE Act. We didn't have enough time last week in the show to get through all of it. But, you know, I, I mentioned to Chris here there was a slight little tax increase in the SECURE Act for people that make over $145,000. And here's the deal. If you make over $145,000, this is starting in 2023, I believe, yes, in 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 uh, if you make over a hundred and and uh, forty five thousand dollars and you're over fifty years old, and, and if you're putting money into the catch up provision in your four hundred one k plan, you must put it on the Roth side. In other words, you're not allowed to no, you're no longer allowed to put that on the pre tax side to get a tax deduction today. So in a sense. That is a slight tax increase. Now, on the other side, if you understand proper tax allocation, and remember, the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses. We've talked about that for years on this show. Okay, then then uh, you're going to get some tax relief down the road on the Roth side when the money comes out, which is a good thing. So so you really need to take, and we're going to be going over that particular part in depth, and I'm going to demonstrate the four different ways the IRS views our money on this webinar coming up. And, you know, lots, again, lots of changes in the SECURE Act 2.0 when it comes to all of this stuff here. Uh, matching for Roth. Uh, I had some, some people call my office this past week and say, hey, I heard you on the show last week. I heard you on the radio talking about having your employers now match on the Roth side. Yes, this 2.0, Secure Act 2.0, enables employers, yes, to make their matching contribution on the Roth side of your retirement plan, which is awesome. The problem is the payroll system has to be able to function and do that, right? So, you know, we're early in January still. Payroll companies are scrambling around to get this this benefit uh, pushed through. Well, that beats a conversion down the road, doesn't it, if you have to do that. It's awesome. 
That's exactly right. Money's going into it right away. That's exactly right. So it's a it's a real good thing, you know. Uh, you know, and and if you wanted to wait for your matching contribution, maybe you suspend temporarily contributions until their payroll system's set up. But mm. that's up to you. That's a market timing thing. Wouldn't necessarily recommend it too. Would much. they let you do both? Uh, the, can the can the employer match in a standard IRA or a Roth? I would. You know, the, the the rule didn't say anything, so I would imagine that that now that you're that the employer is allowed to match on the Roth side as directed by the employee. Ah. I would imagine that the employee could say put put some on both. Or but you know what? Yeah. Here's what's going to happen: is the employee is most likely going to say put it put all your match on the Roth side. Because if the employer is matching on the pre-tax side, the employee doesn't get any benefit for that. Mm. Okay? So the employee could now actually, if you think about it, let's suppose the 401k plan, I don't know, make up a number here, matches 3%. Okay? So it has a safe harbor provision tied to it. It matches 3%. The employee could put their contribution on the pre-side and have the employer put their contribution on the Roth side. Basically paying for their... their so now you're going to get tax-free money equal to your taxable money down the road, yeah, and you're getting a tax cool. deduction yeah, today. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. So, so lots of planning can go involved with all of this. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's about time, I would say. You know, And that's what we see in tax legislation. It gets billed upon year after year. Every handful of years, they go, hey, let's expand this. Let's change thought here, and let's do that. And you know, whenever the, they, make, they make changes, it, it brings forth lots of opportunity if you understand how to go about doing it right in your own plans. We'll be going over this. Again, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for the webinar January 19th from noon to 1 or 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, there's no cost for the webinar. We'll be breaking down the entire SECURE Act as it relates only to the investments. We're not going to get into other types of funding and all that kind of stuff. Paragraph that we, that A, 5G, right? You know, we're not going to do that. No, we're not talking about anything like that. So, And we did have some questions that came up about the Roth uh, side of, of 529 plans. And so uh, I, I want to take some time this morning and, and talk about that, Chris. So there's been a provision in the SECURE Act 2.0 regarding college funding, 529 plans, okay? And, and here's how it works, okay? If the 529 plan has been in place for 15 years or longer, Okay, then the 529 plan assets can roll can be rolled over to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary, which is awesome. Wait, but, wait, 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 wait! But it yep. doesn't ha doesn't have to be used for school related expenses at that point. It does not have to be used for school related expenses if the pl if the plan is over 15 years old. Okay, interesting. The money can be rolled over to the Roth to a Roth IRA for the benefit of the beneficiary. However. If you have $50,000 left in your college plan, which most people don't, but if you do, the most you can use is 35000 of it. Okay. Okay? You can't put it all over there. The most you can do is 35000 of it, and you can only move enough each year that you would be qualified for the contribution. Okay? Now, it doesn't say the beneficiary's contribution, all right? But it does say the contribution. So if the Roth IRA contribution limits, let's say, are $7,000 one year, that's how much of the lifetime 35000 you can roll into it. Uh, so you, gotta, you have to do series of, of conversions into it, series of transfers into it from the 529 plan. 
And each year's conversion or contribution or, or transaction or transition into it, so, so each year, let's say 2023, you move $7,000 from the 529 into the Roth, that $7,000 transfer, conversion, carries a five-year ordering bucket. In other words, it carries a five-year rule before you can pull out the earnings on that tax-free. Mm -hmm. So each one of these five-year contributions, up to $35,000 lifetime average, you're going to have to put a clock on each year's contribution. Well, that's a good okay. way to start, say, if your child's, uh, your child's future, his retirement early, if he, if he doesn't need the money for later on in life, right? Exactly. If you don't need the money for college or, you know, sometimes, you know, right now, you know, little Chris is three years old. You open up a 529 <laughs> plan, right? And you decide, hey, we're going to start pounding money into this thing. And yeah. by the time you graduate high school, you know, you might say, you know what? Uh, college isn't for me. I'm going to go start a business, or I want to go to trade school, or I want to go do this. But then, that, 15 or the years later, after be. that, or whatever. And now, all of a sudden, you've got a pile of money that's sitting there. You would have to take the money out and pay taxes on growth plus a 10 percent penalty. Now you have an opportunity to convert as much of as 35,000 over periods of years into a Roth IRA to get nice. you start in life. Nice. So, so that's kind of a good thing. It's a real good provision. And what I like about it is it kind of opens up the door to more legislation down the road enhancing that feature, okay? So there's a couple things. If I was at the table drawing it up, I'd have said, hey, put this in and put that in, okay? I voted for you. I wanted you to. Yeah, there you go. But uh, uh, that, that's really the best, the, uh, a good provision to really start nice. with. Also, student debt starting in 2024, employers will be able to match employee student loan payments with matching payments to a retirement account. So if an employer hires somebody out of college, and let's suppose that person has a $500 a month uh, student loan payment, the employer can match that $500 a month student loan payment into their retirement plan, okay? And the thought behind that is, well, hey, you know, this, this new work person, you know, this new, new, new employee uh, can't put the $500 a month in because they've got to oh, pay their loan off for college. So now it's up to the employer if they want to do that. So that can be used as a, as a sweetener in hiring practices, recruiting, things of that nature there. So some interesting things in the plan, in, in, in the act. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, provisions for emergency withdrawals and part-time workers, uh, uh, QLACs, qualified long-term uh, longevity annuity contracts, uh, I've increased some caps on it and different things like that. But we'll be going over all that in, in the webinar. So, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning, retirement, estate planning questions, whatever's on your mind today, it's Open Mic Saturday. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. <laughs> Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More making money sense in a moment. And here's
here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Hey, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. We've got some telephone lines available for you. I'd love to hear from you. 855-767-3123. What do you think about all these cool things within this new uh, this new Secure Act? Again, 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial planner here in studio with us today. Larry. Got a great question this past week, Chris. And, um, you know, we get we have people emailing in questions and asking for material all, all during the week from all, all around the country on just the subjects that they hear. And one of the questions that, that recently popped up was was a very good question. And and I, I just want to sort of back this up and, and really break this down. And, and the question is, what were what are the first steps to investing? What are the first steps to investing? And the conversation was sort of along the lines of, okay, you know, can, can I read something on the Internet? Can I read a book? What's the best thing to do, you know? And how do we go about investing? Well, first thing, we, you know, the, the, the best book, in my opinion, to read about investing is the Bible. You know, the Bible talks about money over 2,300 and some times, right, more than any other topic. In, in Psalms 24.1, you know, God owns everything. It's his, right? So, so uh, you know, uh, everything in the earth, everything in the world, right, the universe. And so what are the first steps in investing? You, you really need to break, break it down and, and say, what are my goals? What do I want to try to accomplish in first starting out investing, you know? And one of the things that, that schools and, unfortunately, a lot of times – kids get out into the workforce and they don't really understand how to invest. They don't understand what to do. They don't understand the difference between compound interest and, and simple interest. They don't, under, they don't understand how taxes play a role in your income and in investing. It might not be a mandatory college course that you take, you know? It, it, you know, it really should be. It really should be. Now, now, business majors get exposure to this and finance majors, absolutely, they dive in knee-deep, knee right? But a lot of other College curriculums don't really cover a lot of this stuff. And when, when, so you come back and you say, okay, now we're out in the workforce. How do we start investing? What's going on? You know, and all of a sudden you're getting paychecks and you're wondering, what am I going to be doing? The first thing you want to do really is you want to sort of make sure you have a, a, a reasonable amount of money saved up in the bank before you start investing. Okay. And, you, and I would prefer to have as low debt as possible or no debt. Okay. Now, if, if, if you have a home and you, you have a, a mortgage, that's one thing. That's probably a good type of a debt to have. Again, 
big fan of, of as little debt as possible all throughout life. But let's be real, too. You know, you might have to get a car. You might have to have a car payment. But that doesn't mean you need a Ferrari either, you know. So, so you need reliable transportation to and from work and activities and stuff like that. So you want to build up anywhere from three to six months worth of living expenses saved up in the bank. Okay. Then you also want to take a look at, at what, what type of opportunity do you have in the workplace? Does your employer provide you with an opportunity to engage or, or enroll inside of a retirement plan, maybe a typical 401K plan? Do they match? You know, if your employer matches 3%, 4%, whatever the case may be, you know, you've, you need to put at least that money in because that's a 100% interest return on your dollar, mm-hmm. right? It's a 100% return on your money, right? And it's going to grow tax-deferred inside that plan. So you, you need to start thinking about putting dollars away. And, and here's where I, I want to make my first point in all of this. A lot of people don't know how to read their statements, a lot of young investors do not know how to read their investment statements. A lot of old, old seasoned investors don't either. And, and what I mean by that is this, is, you know, take 2022 as an example. January, the market was a lot higher than it was in December, right? So all year long, you just had this slide that just happened. And, and, and by the way, in our webinar, we're going to go over some of the, the surprises as to why that happened. We'll, we'll take a look at that in the, in the upcoming webinar on the 19th. But, but you have this slide, and so a young investor just starting out puts money in in January, February, March, and they look at their statement in April, and they go, you know, I'm not, putting it, I'm, I'm not gaining anything. I'm losing dollars, right? But what they need to be looking at is the shares, the number of shares that they're acquiring. Because one of the secrets is not your rate of return today. It's not your account balance today. It's the acquisition of shares. So as the markets were going down in 2022, every time you put more money in, you were acquiring more shares of that particular investment. So when the markets start to come back up, that's when you're going to get your exponential rate of return. That's when you're going to get your huge compounding effect. So you have to understand, I'm talking to young investors now, when you look at your statement, start counting the shares. Yeah, you want to see how much money you have right in the bottom right-hand corner. But slide your eyes over a little to the left and go, how many shares do I have now? And compare that with the number of shares you had last month because that's the secret. You want to accumulate shares, okay, whether it's stocks or ETFs or mutual funds or whatever it may be that you're buying. You want to, you, the acquisition of shares is, is big. So you want to make sure that you have money that's in the bank, reasonable reserves, okay, three to six months of living expenses, Put money in your employer's retirement plan, and then outside of that, start putting money away as well. Because remember, the money that's in your employer's retirement plan, that's geared for long term. That's, that's designed for you know retirement years, right? So you're in your 20s and 30s. The money's not designed for your 40s or your 50s. It's designed for further down the road. So you need to start thinking about, in addition to that, putting money away into short-term, medium-range, and long-term investing as well. Well, wait a minute, Larry. How am I going to put money into all these different buckets, right? You know, the money's tight and all this stuff. I understand. I get it, right? But even if you're putting $25 a month away in a short-term, 25 in a mid-term, and 25 in a long-term, right, 
start to think about that. And by the way, this in is January, after you've saved up the three to six months worth of after expenses. you saved up the the three to six months, paid down credit card debt, things like that. You know, and, and if you want, we we have a financial planning toolkit. We'll be happy to send it out to you. If you want to just shoot us an email, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We'll be more than happy to send you out a financial planning toolkit. Uh, on 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 this, and it'll get you started on this, or or, or just go, uh, uh, just give us a call. We'd be happy to. Uh, Bob will take your information, and we'll send it right on out to you. We've sent out tens of thousands of these over the years, you know. And and um, one of the things that we always tell 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 clients is, you know, in January save one percent more. Every year, just try and save one percent more into your retirement plan or your regular investments or whatever it may be. Just try and increase your savings by one percent more. I've had clients report back to me over the years of doing that and saying, you know, it's remarkable how they don't miss it. And now look at how much more money they're saving every single year, you know. And so so that's really the fundamentals in, in it all is, you know, uh, tithe, pay yourself next, pay taxes, and then let, you know, credit card companies fight over what's left, you know, and pay that off each month pretty much. So <laughs> so I just wanted to break that down. And, and you can actually visit our website and, and take a look at the process of building a financial plan uh, on, on the website there. But, but uh, that's, you know, that was one of the questions that we got recently. And I wanted to bring that out because it is important for, for young investors to really understand the importance of doing this, you know. And as, as uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, as Einstein said, you know, compound interest is actually the, the eighth wonder of the world, mm-hmm. no doubt about it, mm-hmm. interest upon interest. So, uh, but, uh, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Turn in the corner here, looking back at the SECURE Act again. Started me thinking this week, you know, there's there's some additional opportunities for charitable giving inside the SECURE Act with QCDs, Qualified Charitable uh, Distributions, okay? And and you, you have an opportunity now beginning this year in 2023. This is just for people that are 70 and a half and older, okay? They kept the old RMD age in here just to make it a little confusing for us, right? But people that are 70 and a half and older, you may elect part of your QCD uh, limit a one-time up to $50,000 lifetime limit, and that can go into a charitable remainder trust, a unit uh, u- unit trust, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a charitable remainder annuity trust, or a charitable gift annuity. Now, the difference here is traditionally your QCD just goes directly to the charity. But now, if you take a look at putting this into a charitable remainder trust up to $50,000, you will receive an income stream back for yourself. And then the remainder after the period of time is over goes to whether it's lifetime or 20 years or whatever it may be, goes to that actual charity. Okay. So this is a new provision. This is a way that you can sort of give money away, capture a tax deduction, receive an income back to yourself, allow the proceeds to grow for that charity down the road. So pretty neat design in this. And this has been built upon, you know, the QCDs uh, from, from the last time the SECURE Act came out, right? So, so exciting stuff there from charitable giving, and it's got me, gotten me started thinking, you know, taking a look at, at donor-advised funds again. I've, I, I was talking about donor-advised funds last year. I, I pulled it up, and, and uh, you know, last October we did, a, we did a show around donor-advised funds. 
Donor advised funds, or DAFs, D-A-F, they're a fabulous way not only to give a tax deduction for you, but to give money to charities, charities of, of your of your of your you know your deciding, and and the the uh, the way it works is you put money into this special giving fund called a donor advised fund, right? You receive your tax deduction today. You don't have to give it to the charity. You know, if you put ten thousand dollars in, it grows in the market. It can be managed, right? And at the same time, you can say, well, this year I'm going to give $1,000 to charity ABC. Oh, I'm going to give $2,500 to my church missions program and next, and not do anything else. So there's no requirement that you have to give the money away. We'll talk a little bit more about these. Let me, let me go to the phones here first uh, because they're becoming extremely popular, and I'm going to tell you why, too. Let's go ahead and welcome Jennifer on the line from Indiana. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you today? Uh, good morning. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How can I help you today? Um, yes, I have a, a daughter who is in college, um, and she she gets a lot of really big ideas, but it's like she doesn't really know how to, to um, she's wanting to start a business while she's in college. And which we were kind of like, uh, you need to, you know, you need to slow down. You need to kind of, you know, because when you're starting a business, you have to come up with a business plan first and, you know, know how much your supplies are going to cost and, you know, all that. But as far as parents go, um, you know, sometimes kids, you know, don't listen to parents and they start listening to other people. And so it's, she's kind of wanting to, she's just got all these ideas and she really doesn't, I don't want her to fall into um, something that is overwhelming for her and then it ends up failing. And so it's just, you know, she's, she doesn't really understand finances all that well. And, you know, that she's going to have to pay taxes on this business. And so it's just, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, find, you know, something that will help her, you know, to maybe kind of, you know, um, uh, help her in her thinking as far as this business is concerned and, and whatnot. So, so Jennifer, that this is a, a wonderful problem to have. You know, yeah. you have a daughter who's an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and and she's maybe maybe at this stage she's ready fire aim rather than ready aim fire. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. And and so if you're looking to say, you know, how do we start the business? What do we do? How do we build a business plan? Things like that. A lot of business don't don't really start that way, and right. a lot of business owners, if you talk to them, it's been through trial and error, kind of the school of hard knocks, bloody lip here, yeah. skin skin knee there, that type of thing. But mm -hmm. you know, I would suggest that the, depending on the type of business it is, I would suggest: Do you know anybody who's self-employed who owns a business, a small business? Maybe they have five mm -hmm. employees. Maybe they have fifty employees. Do you know anybody in your mm -hmm. family or friend circle or anything like that? Um, I don't. I do have an aunt who is a realtor. Um, okay. But I. I mean, that's pretty much you know it. I mean, she's got a friend there in college that has his own business. So I think. Um, I, I think he's telling her the positives of the business, but he's not telling her, you know, the uh, struggles that he's gone through. So, well, um, you know, there, there, there will be struggles and there will be positives yeah. every single day. 
uh, all, all the yeah. time in, in, in owning your own business. That's for sure. You know, it's exciting right. to me because I own a business and I would, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to talk to her. And, you know, okay. a, a lot of it is about, you know, who's your, your, who's your client? What's your objective? You know, what are you going to market? What what do you what do you what are you trying to provide? What do you want to serve your clients with? How are you going to obtain okay. them? You know, what type of business do you have? And and Jennifer, there's been many many businesses that have started in college and have been extremely successful. Okay. Okay. I can think of a handful of them off the yeah, top of my Microsoft? head. Restaurant chains, Bill computer Gates? companies. Yeah. You know, all, all different places and, and, and small businesses as well. As a matter of fact, one of my clients, her daughter was going to go to college and decided not. She, she, she opened up a business for her, and she's making extremely good money right out of high school. She had an idea, and uh, it's really taken off very, very well for her. So and okay. she's had to I've, – I've, I've sat down and helped her a little bit, and she's had to figure out – you know, uh, where to get additional supplies from and, and the cost involved with all of that and then whether or not she wants to invest in an employee to a, at a certain time and, and, and uh, you know, how long it takes from, from the order of the product to the delivering of the product and things like that. Okay. It, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it really is. But okay. there's all kinds of business books, and, and she can talk to a, a business professor at school. But, you know, I'm telling you, Find somebody in your town who's a small business owner and see if you can mm -hmm. buy them a cup of coffee and say, this is the reason why. I'd like you to give my, my daughter some advice and do that with three or four different business owners, and you'll be surprised at the education of real life that your daughter will receive just from doing that. Well, Larry, you always also talk always talk about building your team, right? You do the rest yeah, of that business. Yeah, you've got to build your team, yep. After a while, she'll have a, a, a banker, a CPA, a financial advisor, all kinds of stuff. It's a lot of fun. So okay. I understand what you're saying is, you know, hey, you got a plan. you got to do all this stuff, too. Uh, and, and that's why I would say, Go talk to some local uh, business people in your in your community uh, if if you have them. I mean, I have I mean I have information on how to set up corporations and do payroll and all that kind of stuff. If you want, I'll send you out a kit on that. I, I have a library of stuff that that shows that the differences between uh, LLC, S corporation, self employed, partnerships, all that type of stuff. You you got to register the awesome business. That's what somebody told her is that she needs to get an LLC. So I was like, that would be great. Yeah, it's very easy to do. You know, you just go to, you're in Indiana. I don't know what it is in Indiana, but in Virginia, it's the Virginia State Corporation Commission. So in Indiana, okay. it's going to be something similar to that. And you just go down there, you just download the form off their website, pay their processing fee, probably 100 bucks, and then give them the name of your business, and then they, they incorporate it for you under the LLC umbrella. Okay. Okay. Uh, you don't need an, you know, you don't need some big fancy thing to do it. That, that's 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 all you have to do. Now, okay. um, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 let me let me put you on hold, Jennifer. I'll have Bob get your contact information, and we'll be happy to send you out the differences on all the LLCs and S corporations and all that kind of stuff, and and get the ball okay, rolling. Absolutely. And, 
Yeah, and then maybe we'll turn back around, and, and I'll be happy to talk to her a little bit, you know. It's exciting. Okay. It's, it's very exciting, yeah, yeah. So let me put you on hold. I appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. No questions barred whatsoever. Give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. We're talking about donor advice funds. And, you know, the latest data that we have is a couple years old. But, but if you take a look at donor advice funds in 2020, okay, and, and, and the new numbers will be coming out here soon. But in 2020, donor advice funds accounted for a little over 10% of the total U.S. charitable giving in year 2020. So these were the numbers at the end of 2021, okay, for 2020. And we'll be getting out the numbers here for 2021 here pretty soon. Uh, at the end, you know, as they, they, they calculate them all out here, here pretty soon. So when, when you look at this and you go, well, wow, you know, how much has Americans given? 10%, a little over 10% is, 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 is tracking through the, the, the giving fund of donor-advised funds, and it's growing more and more all the time. Okay, grants, new contributions, and, I mean, it, it really is. Um, the, the, from 2016 to 2020, the amount has almost doubled. Why is that? Why is that? You know, if you stop and think about this for a second, how does the donor advised fund really work? You know, if you were to give money to a charity, okay, you write a check and it goes to that charity, right? Well, what happens if you wanted to give a larger donation to that charity, okay? And maybe that donation, it's a larger donation, and you find out that maybe a year or two down the road or three or four years down the road that that charity has different uh, management, different uh, leadership, and a different direction than what you originally wanted. A donor advised fund will enable you to make that contribution into the fund, receive your entire tax deduction that you're eligible for this year, but now you can talk to them and you can say, hey, I have money in a donor advised fund and I like the vision you have now. I like the direction you're going in. As you continue down this path, I'll continue to help support you year after year versus giving them a large chunk today and now all of a sudden they change the direction in a couple of years and you're going, well, that, that, that wasn't what I wanted to do, right? So a donor advised fund enables you to establish and keep and maintain a very solid relationship with your charities of choice church missions charities uh what, what, whatever it is that 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 you know may be on your mind an interesting thing about a donor advised fund too we can get into the weeds here a little bit but you can donate different things into a donor advised fund right you can donate land real estate businesses you know Think about this for a second. Let's suppose let, let's take the last caller here. What'd you say, you can Chris? Donate a business. You can donate a business or portion or portion portion a portion of your business. You wow. can donate a building if you wanted to. Think about this, Chris. Let's let's just let's just take your business for a for an example. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you know you're you're incorporated. You probably you you know have, let's suppose that you're the only share owner of the business. Okay. Let's say you have a thousand shares, just to do math easy, in your in your uh, S corp or your LLC, which is probably what you have, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So so now you've you you've got that, and you say, you know what, you know my income is good, I'm okay, everything's fine, 
Uh, my business is valued at XYZ. Let's just do simple math here. Let's say your business is valued at a million dollars, okay? And you decide, I'm going to donate 25% of my shares into the donor advised fund. How about that? So now you own 750 shares. Chris owns that. And the donor advised fund owns 250 shares. Now you get a tax deduction for the fair market value of those shares. You have to go through an evaluation, right? But you get a, a, a tax deduction on it, okay? And now income comes in. Let's suppose, again, to do math easy, that the income is $100,000. Then, Chris, you would get uh, 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 yeah, $75,000, and the donor advised fund would get $25,000. Interesting. So now you've got 25% of your business in the donor advised fund. It doesn't have any cash to it, but now revenue came in this year in this example of $25,000, okay? All right, you're not getting a deduction for that because the donor advised fund owns that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You got your deduction when you contributed, but that gives you the privilege and the ability now to give away at your discretion to whomever $25,000. Interesting. One day down the road when you sell your business, let's suppose you sell your business for a million dollars, you're going to keep 750000 because you own three-quarters of the shares. The donor advised fund owns 25% of the shares, the donor advice fund now gets $250,000 in it. Now you can give away $250,000, okay, to different charities and things. And so as businesses grow, as business owners grow, you can take a look at how do we want to do this, right? So somebody comes along and buys your business, yeah, you own three-quarters of it, but the charity, and now you've got this giving fund of a quarter million dollars in this example, right, that you can start giving to missions and churches and the Boys and Girls Club and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So a donor advised fund can, can, can have real estate. It can have, you know, businesses. It can have a lot of different things in, inside of it. It's becoming very, very popular. And it's a fabulous way for people if you think about it, who say, you know what, I got, I, I, I really want to give, I, I really want to give, and and I want to explore tax benefits, okay, um, but I, I just, I need to hold on to some cash. What can I do? You know, uh, I, I know somebody that donated a building into a donor advice fund, okay. Uh, and I know another guy that donated half of a building into a donor advised fund because <laughs> his partner didn't want to, and he wanted to. Okay, yeah. so there's a lot of different ways that you can utilize the friendly part of the tax code in giving strategies. All right, and 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 people are not aware of this, but but it really works out well, especially if you start looking at using other parts like charitable remainder trust or pooled income funds. Things like that where they kick you back an income or deliver back to you an income to do wealth replacement planning for you and your family and Mm -hmm. things like that. So pretty interesting stuff. You know, hey, if you want to get any information on that, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Be happy to to send it out to you. We're going to take another quick break here. We'll keep the phone lines open. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Don't forget to check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com. We've got a webinar coming up here this Thursday, January 19th from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, and then again 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. It's the same material, both webinars. You can sign up for both. 
up if you want. Go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the, the seminar button right there, and you'll see the webinars underneath there. Uh, there's no cost for this. We're going to be breaking down the financial and investment impacts and taxes of the new updated Secure Act 2.0, so don't miss it. Uh, we'll be back in a moment with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. your questions 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 coast to coast from the nation's capital this is the Larry Rosenthal show 855-767-3123 is the number to call got a few minutes left here in the program we'd love to hear from you 855-ROSE-123 Larry so Chris we uh uh there's been a lot of press, a lot of financial press on the pros and cons, the ins and outs of uh, annuities, okay? I want to talk about one component of an annuity today. First of all, let me let me just sort of say this. There's There are a lot of financial advisors out there that really drive annuities. That's what they do. That's what they like. The majority of all their clients are in annuities only. Then there are other advisors that are on the other side of the spectrum that say, None of our clients are getting an annuity because they don't like them, and these are all the reasons why. And then there's advisors that are in the middle. Some of their clients have, have annuities in part of their investments, and some of them don't, okay? Uh, you know, we, we are that advisor that's kind of in the middle. We, we see some value in annuities, but not all the time, okay? Uh, there, and there's a lot of different types of annuities out there. And I wanted to talk about some of the what they call living benefits today on annuities, an annuity can provide what's called a living benefit. In other words, an income protection bucket for life. And unlike regular investments that can't do that, regular investments provide it in a different way, okay? But an annuity, for example, you could put money into an annuity, and that annuity could be growing, and then all of a sudden the markets drop and the money goes down. But you might have an income bucket that you can draw from that's higher than the actual market value. Let's suppose you put $100,000 into one of these annuities with a, a guaranteed living income benefit protection rider. And let's suppose that grows by 5%. So at the end of the first year, your income protected bucket's 105000 But let's suppose that the market drops 10%. Now your $100,000 investment goes down to ninety. And so you've got 90000 of cash, but you have an income-protected level of 105000 That's the way an income-protection bucket would work for you inside of a, a, you know, what they call a living benefit rider on an annuity. And a lot of people get confused about that. That's not cash-out or walk-away money or things like that. But I would just say this, that, that we get calls often. 
on annuities and and how they work and and what's going on with them and a lot of people are confused about them so so make sure that you really get educated uh, before you actually purchase an annuity understand how it works for you understand the benefits the timing of distributions all different types of things liquidity factors and stuff like that I see we have a caller on the line I'm gonna go ahead and, and put him on hold here and I'll pick up uh, uh, Ted from Maryland in just a second after we go off the air here I got just a few seconds left so hey listen don't forget our webinar coming up next Thursday January uh, 19th, go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there underneath the seminar icon button. It's free. We'll be going down the Secure Act. So for Chris McKay and, and Bob Jones in the back answering the phones today, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Making Money Sense Show. Until then, God bless. <laughs>